Freaks. It's Friday, June 30th, 2023. Coming up on the program today, guys, how strong of a vaginal odor do you like your women to have? Plus, first came gutter oil, and now the Filipino delicacy known as rotting garbage chicken stew. Grandma pissed herself again. Let's post it on Instagram. And a drive-by skittling. Distorted View Daily proudly presents Alexis K. Tyler responding to a critic. You pale face whore. You're retarded and no talent. I'm hurt. <laughs> you know what? I figured it out. This motherfucker wanna be me. That's what it is, he jealous of me, man. I bet he get up and put on his mama wig and rub his hair down like mine and take some of that grease or that damn shea butter and rub it on his titties and hope he grow him some breasts. Wishing that he could be a Alexis K. Tower. That's what I think it is. That we do. He look at me, he look in the mirror. And he take them damn pills and rub around in his titties and pull his nipples real hard three times. And I wish I were home. I wish I were home. I wish I could be a bitch like let's skate top. See, that's what it is. He wanna draw some illustrations of him getting fucked by a nigga. The Distorted View Show with Tim Henson. Well, I, I really, I really like shortbread. Welcome to the home of Butterfinger. I'm going to touch the feces and masturbate with it. Makes my bitch ass sissy pussy quiver. I'm a sucker for other people's pain. Timothy James Henson back here with you to end the week with the Friday show. Have a great one for you today. I am feeling fancy and fresh. I just got a haircut. I got to tell you, I love the, I was going to say the bitch, but <laughs> that's kind of disrespectful, right? I love the bitch who cuts my hair. I really got to cut down on just calling all women bitches. I do that. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's okay because I'm like a gay dude. It's a term of endearment. I'm a sassy, loudmouth queen ball. Fag hags love that shit, right? He's so crazy. Bitch, stop it, right? And they're like, <laughs> I am a bitch. Anyway, I, I like my uh, hairstylist. I, I think her name is Lena. The appointment goes by so quick. And, you know, I'm like a socially awkward person. So I don't like just sitting there for fucking like hours as she clips away. This is fast. Bing, bang, boom. Also, she's incredibly good at talking to people. Like we were just talking the entire time. That's another reason why it seems like the appointment went by so fast. At one point towards the end, I was like, oh, I forgot to ask. Could you uh, trim up my eyebrows? Because they're insane. The, the hair on my eyebrows grow at an alarming rate. It's disgusting. And she was like, I already did that. I'm like, how? I didn't even I didn't even notice because we were so lost in conversation. Here's the thing, though. The reason why the appointment seemed to go by so fast is because we were talking about uh, some of my favorite things like junk food, soda, weird Japanese shit. Oh, the time flies when you're discussing crazy ethnic people. What I'm saying is the thing that we have in common is that we're both incredibly racist, I think is the word. We discussed uh, interesting Japanese sodas, ones that I've tried in the past, like, uh, you know, the Japanese watermelon soda, which was disgusting. Our favorite weird uh, flavors of potato chips. 
Side note, did you freaks know that Cheetos has a Mexican street corn flavor that's currently out? It's a limited edition. I urge you all to check it out. It's not my favorite. You know, I am a sucker when it comes to corn-flavored junk food. This is like a new thing for me. And I'm not saying corn is in like, like corn tortilla chips. No, no. These are flavored like corn on the cob or sweet corn or Mexican street corn. Fucking delicious. Also, another piece of junk food news. If you're fans of Doritos, my favorite flavor is back, probably for a limited time, because they never keep this shit on the shelves. It's Jumpin' Jack Cheese. I learned so much during my hair appointment. It was like the best conversation I've had in years. And then things took a weird turn. I mentioned to my stylist how uh, hot it was outside and how gross it was. It's like all hazy because, again... The Canadian wildfire winds have made their way to Cincinnati and it's all like hazy and gross and we have air quality warnings over here. And that's when my hairstylist told me she believes it's actually government controlled. Yeah, they're doing this to us. I'm not entirely sure why. I, I guess just to control us or keep us indoors or kill us or something. But uh, she was really connecting the dots. She said, uh, do you remember a few months ago when a train went missing that was carrying some sort of like nuclear waste or poisonous chemicals. She told me that uh, whatever it was on uh, that train was the color orange. And uh, if you remember when you saw those pictures of New York City a week or two ago, when the wildfire winds hit New York City, what did it look like? Orange. All the proof you need, right? I told her, I literally said, you should stay off the internet. The internet's not a good place for you to go looking up stuff. And that was the end of our friendship. So now I got to find a new hairstylist. She specifically requested that I lose her number. No, that's not true. Uh, that just made me love her even more. You know, I love crazy people. I need to get her on this podcast is what I need to do. So that was the big noteworthy thing that happened to me. You know, I'm trying to get ready, look presentable because I'm heading up to Ashtabula this weekend. It's a big Henson family shindig going on. Can't wait for that. Especially the four and a half hour drive up there. Does anyone have music or podcast recommendations? Get them into me now, please. Before I take off, I do have a great show for you today. And we have a bunch of audio to feature. First up, it was several years ago, probably upwards of 10 years at this point, uh, that we first talked about Chinese gutter oil. Ta-da! Hot tip for you if you ever find yourself in China. Just steer clear of all street foods. Especially if you can, like, buy a whole plate of it for, like, 20 cents. They cut some corners. You're eating raccoon cooked in toilet sludge. Whenever uh, I mention gutter oil or where we play the clip of a woman uh, cooking with gutter oil, where she literally, like, ladles out this shit... It fires up her walk or whatever. I just think about the smell. What's worse than shit? Lighting shit on fire. Boiling turd water. It's all in a day's work for this woman. <laughs> she opens up a manhole cover and scoops out as much slop as she can, delighted by what she finds. What others might view as revolting, she sees as a bonanza. She works in the streets of the southern Chinese city of Shenzhen a foot soldier in China's so-called gutter oil industry. Oh. Certainly sounds like shit being dropped into a bucket. 
After more than 10 years in the business, she says she's made enough money to build a house for her family. I've been in the biz for 10 years. The eventually winds up in a processing plant like oh. this one, where it's combined with other animal fat refuse to create recycled cooking oil. I'm not going to replay the whole thing here. I just wanted to remind you what gutter oil was. Well, I'm excited to announce there's a new disgusting food preparation trend out there. And once again, we have poor people to thank. The homeless are so inventive. Garbage is a source of income for many people around the world. We're going to eat cooked trash. Let's fry up a discarded cigarette carton. You season it, you bread it. It's probably not that bad. Some poor people in Manila make a living from selling garbage. But there is another type of garbage market. Crypto? The type of garbage they're looking for is organic waste. Oh, there's footage of a woman opening up garbage bags and picking through the trash and scooping out the leftovers and like unused food from restaurants. There's bugs swarming all over the place, of course, because, you know, garbage. She's not even using gloves. She's just scooping it out with her bare hands. Just like many other recycling processes, organic waste from trash bins is sorted, oh. cooked, and served again. There's more footage of a woman who has picked out all of the half-eaten meat and she has submerged it in a bucket of water, I guess to clean it. But the water in the bucket doesn't look very clean. You know she got that from the river, the same river they're shitting in. These dishes are called in Tagalog, pagpak which is an onomatopoeic term referring to the action of picking up food from the ground and cleaning it. It basically means brushing off the dust and soil. Then we learn step by step uh, how Pag Pag is made. It starts in the middle of the night when people uh, throw out their trash, like especially restaurants, because that, you know that's a big source of food discarded food three o'clock in the morning in a slum in manila that's where tomorrow's cuisine begins to take shape bird drove his truck containing the trash bags to this pile of garbage in the slum the sorters are already here waiting they offload the truck and start to sort the garbage deftly the guy is basically saying uh, the trash food is still edible because it uh, wasn't mixed with other garbage for a long time. It's still fresh. Mountains of garbage giving off a foul odor surround us in the darkness, with only the sorter's headlamps lighting the scene as they work relentlessly and against time. Yeah, this is already old food to begin with. They gotta prepare it and cook it up real quick before it just completely rots. No need for masks to protect them from the dust and smell. No. Nor proper clothing for this filthy work. Okay, international travelers, in addition to a not eating Chinese street food, uh, Filipino street food is not a good idea either. Their job is to look for food waste scattered throughout a pile of garbage. Yeah, we got that. Other leftovers are ignored. The only things they need are chicken bones with bits of meat left over by whoever. Apparently in the Philippines, fried chicken is a very popular dish and uh, only the rich can afford it. Poor people can't, right? It's not affordable. That is, until Pang Pang came on the scene. Chicken bones with the bits of meat are packed in bags of 10 kilograms each. 
From the garbage pile, Bird sells the chicken bones to food vendors in this slum. I'm curious about what what type of oil they use. Do they use gutter oil too? The chicken bones with scraps of meat have reached the third step in this desperate process. Now, you might get away with preparing fresh chicken in gutter oil or trash chicken in regular oil, but I don't think you can mix the two together. It can't be all garbage. Because that flavor is going to come through. She starts by preparing the ingredients, which includes washing the chicken bones in water four times and letting them dry. Again, at first, that sounds great. Yeah, clean clean that chicken four times, run it through the water. But you have to remember what type of water she's using. She's using last month's bath water. When she can no longer clean herself because the water is so muddy... She fills her makeshift bathtub with new water and uses the old to clean chicken. Next, she fries shallots to bring out their aroma and then adds the washed chicken bones and a pinch of salt. Uh, Well, then I'm going to have to pass on the pang pang. My doctor has me on a very strict low sodium diet, low sodium and low shit. He's like, you have got to cut down on all the feces you're ingesting. The secret is the tomato sauce, Mm. as well as adding flavor. It also covers the unpleasant odor coming from the garbage. Yes, the tomato paste masks the rot stink that's wafting up from this garbage chicken. That's all there is to Pang Pang, though. Or Pag Pag. Mix it well, then leave it on a low flame for another 15 minutes. Low flame? (laughs) Jesus Christ. No, you want that shit hot and high. You know there's lots of stuff growing on that chicken. Now we have a hot dish of calderetta ready to be served. Each dish is sold at 10 pesos, or around 8 Thai baht, or about 21 US cents. An entire meal for only 21 cents? All right. Now you're selling me on this pag pag stuff. <laughs> she says uh, because it's chicken and cheap, people like to buy it. You can't pull out of a fucking McDonald's drive through without spending at least $12, $13 on one value meal. 20 cents for chicken, even though it does have little bits of toilet paper still stuck to it, is starting to sound appealing. This woman is saying, I'm surprised people like this. I don't think I would eat it. This is the woman who's cooking the food. Seriously, unless you're down to your last eight Thai bots, or whatever the fuck currency they use over there, just say no to Pag Pag. You know, and that goes for us Americans, too. I mean, I know there's a lot of Filipino restaurants out there. If you see Pag Pag on the menu, run. Well, there you go. Pag Pag is the gutter oil of 2023. Ting! Let's move on. I've got a uh, U-Tard update for you. You may remember Jay. Jay is the man who treats his sex dolls like girlfriends, going so far as to taking them out in public. Yeah, he goes on dates with them, takes them to restaurants, drives them around in his car. I say them because his hobby has really expanded. He has multiple sex dolls. Here he is giving all of his followers an update on one of his newest dolls. And my Kimber doll deluxe, the beautiful Kara Frost, and I've had this beauty for about three months now, and I'm really loving this lady from Kimberdoll. They really did an amazing job. Yeah, Kimberdoll is the brand of sex doll, 
And apparently recently they upgraded some of their models. Jay likes three things about that in particular. The three things they did was they added articulated fingers. That's much better than wire fingers. Especially when you want the doll to grab your cock, cradle your balls, you know. Then they did a upgrade to the breast. They mm. went from solid breast to jail breast. And those breasts are absolutely amazing. I think I would like gel titties too. I mean, not for me, but you know, if I had a sex doll, it seems more uh, real. Speaking of real, the uh, third enhancement. And the third thing they did was they added shrugging shoulders. Oh, okay. I guess that's cool. I mean, this is really if you want to uh, like pose your dolls and pretend she's your girlfriend. That's like a feature I would not pay extra for. I also don't like the fact that this company is spending precious R&D money on crafting shruggable shoulders. How about some enhancements to the pussy holes? Pour that money into like self-cleaning technology so I don't have to like scoop my cum out of her all the time. Jay really does have a lot of doll content. Sometimes it's just like slice of life stuff. Uh, in this video, he's uh, dressed her up for nighttime, little uh, you know nightgown and everything, and he's put her into bed. Hey guys, had to show you the beautiful Saima again. I have her ready for bed, mm -hmm. and uh, she's really looking beautiful right here. It's really strange, but on one of the doll's feet, she's wearing one of those boots that you would put on if you broke a foot or sprained a leg or whatever. Like, what are you doing to this doll? Beautiful right here. She has her original nightgown on. All right, so he slipped her into her nightwear. And boy, I fixed her lips up, refreshed her lipstick. It's so funny how these grown men are playing with their dolls like little girls play with Barbies, right? Like, I'm going to put her in her nightgown and I'm going to make her wear a necklace. Oh, and we got to give Barbie some nice lipstick. That's exactly what this grown-ass man is doing to this, you know, oversized Barbie. I mean, he does other stuff with her, too, that I'm sure little girls don't do with their Barbies. And, this and I'm going to shove Barbie's head in my twat. Girl is looking absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> uh, I really love it. Got it ready to lay down for a while. I think I know what that means. I also like Jay because he is not afraid to express his opinion on controversial sex doll topics. I was talking to a great friend of mine. He said, Jay, I know you're doing what you love with YouTube, and I know that you're sort of struggling with your finances. I wonder why. These things are like five to seven grand a pop, and so far I've counted that you have at least four of them. I don't know how many other ones are crawling around your house. In this video alone, I see two love dolls in, in the shot. He said, if you want to keep your YouTube channel going strong, I have a great suggestion. Why don't you start renting out your girls for personal use? Yes, whoring out the dolls. And I was like, no, no, no. Oh. I don't want any parts of renting out my girls so people can use them physically. I said, that's just like a dog brothel, and I feel like dog brothels are nasty, filthy, and I'm not trying to get in the sex worker business. We've uh, read about doll brothels before. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's, these establishments buy a bunch of sex dolls, and then guys could stop by, pay to fuck the sex doll, and then workers, I guess, clean them out. 
I can understand why Jay doesn't want to do that, even though he is amassing quite the collection. You don't want, like, a strange dude scent on your woman, even if you do have, like, five of them. If anything, I'm trying to educate and help people understand more about campaign dogs. You should really turn your YouTube channel into one of those 501c3 charities. You're doing the Lord's work educating people. The real reason why I'm bringing up Jay today is uh, his most recent video was kind of curious. Curious considering, you know, all of his content really has to do with sex dolls. But here he is talking about real live women. And recently, I read a story on Twitter about this rapper named DDG and his girlfriend, Halle Bailey, the woman that played in the remake of The Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. Beautiful girl. And DDG was saying how he loves for a woman to be stanky during sex. I don't think DDG got clearance from his girlfriend to reveal that information. He's basically insinuating that a Disney princess has a funky smelling cunt and he likes it. And I'm like, what in the hell is he talking about? Amen. Now, all of you guys have heard me say before that I believe that a clean vagina scent on a woman is intoxicating. It's like a pheromone. Vulva. Or their own personal perfume. You know, when a woman starts out clean and their scent gets to going after you make love, oh, it's a beautiful thing. But keep in mind, that's a scent. Right. Not a stank. A stank is what I consider to be a fishy smell or a rank trashy type smell. Honestly, it kind of makes sense that the Little Mermaid would have a fishy snatch. Her clam strips aren't quite the freshest. Freshest I've catch. only ran across that a couple of times in my lifetime. And when you do, I'm telling you, you will never forget that type of funk. That's why this guy will only fuck sex dolls now. Because of the pussy stink. So... I don't know what the hell this guy's talking about as far as enjoying the stank of a woman. And he went on to say that if you don't know anything about liking the stank, then you don't know anything about making love to a human woman. And I'm here to tell you, I'm cool with the subtle scent and the muskiness of a clean and fresh vagina. Thank you for bringing this very important subject to our attention. Just so you know, I don't like a dirty, rotting, stinking vagina. In the Philippines, they call that a pag-pag vagina. Speaking of opinions that don't necessarily need to be shared, uh, our good friend Devin Sweeney is back. Devin, what's going on in your life, buddy? Hey, what's up, everyone? It's your boy, Devin here, and I'm going to tell you a time that I took a photo of my grandma when she was on the toilet taking a shit. See, this one day, my grandma was on the toilet, butt naked, taking a shit, and I snuck up my phone and I took a picture of her, and legit, you could see her old, smelly pussy and titties. What a cast of characters we have on this podcast. Why is everyone so goddamn weird? In the photo, because for some odd reason, my grandma likes to take shits on the toilet with no clothes on. It's so fucked up. 
But yeah, I posted on. It is weird, but not quite as weird as taking a photograph of your naked ass grandmother on the toilet, zooming in and framing up those titties and puss. On Instagram of her on the toilet taking a poo. And for some odd reason, that photo is not on Instagram anymore. I think Instagram took it down. You think? But it was so fucking funny. <laughs> I snuck my phone on. I took a picture of her taking a shit. I know. Sometimes Instagram will allow a little bit of nudity if it's artfully done. Pretty sure this was not artfully done. Was it a, a moody shot? I swear because my grandma's getting old that she's losing her mind. Because honestly, just one day when I was 13 years old, she got on her hands and knees, butt naked, down on the floor in the bathroom, screaming, Mommy, Mommy, help me, help me. I made an accident. And it literally was pee all over the floor and everything. It was so fucking funny. See, now that would have made a great TikTok video. Assuming the old broad is alive, you should really mine her for content. She could go viral for you. She was like, mommy, mommy, help me, help me. And legit, her mom's passed away. God bless her soul. But like, your mom's not going to help you when your mom's in heaven and you're on earth. She's looking down from heaven. Are you wallowing in your piss? Like, it was so fucking funny. I was laughing and everything at her. Okay, not a, oh god, he did the thing with his teeth at the very end where he grinds his teeth. Laughing and everything at her. Ah! <laughs> Out of everything that Devin Sweeney just said, that's the thing that affected me the most. The grinding of the teeth. Uh, real quick, before we get into the news, one more clip for you. You know, I thought since uh, we're heading into a long weekend, it might be a good idea to check in with Florida. One last time before the break. Uh, yes, Florida, how you doing over there? Take your fucking two hands off our children! You pedophile scum! Oh, sounds like we have an anti-LGBTQ protester here. Oh, Hitler! Kanye was right! America's got one or two choices here. You either fucking side with the Nazis and traditional values, or you side with the Jewish fucking pedophiles. Oh my god, well, this is a hard one. I feel like pedophiles have more fun. But Nazis have better outfits. I guess I'm going to go with Nazi as long as I don't have to grow one of those little mustaches. What's it going to be? Pick one! So we got a guy here. He's standing on the corner near a television station. He just seems to be yelling at people passing by in cars, though. White power! Shut up, you faggot! This is a white country! Get out of here, you fucking self-hating white bitch! Have a nice day! Kyle Hitler! I mean, I know he's talking about pedos and stuff, but the hatred is really mostly directed at Jews this time around. So, I mean, I know this is wrong of me to say, but I am breathing a sigh of relief. The words pedophile and groomer are kind of just like a catch all at this point, right? It's losing all meaning, honestly. Some people just uh, scream groomer to anyone who disagrees with them. A lot of Sig Heils, a lot of fuck the Jews. Are you Jewish? No. Oh. Oh. Thank you for your service. Oh, okay. Oh, this guy, a fan actually walks up to this guy. I love what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Fight that good fight. Oh, what a dork. And still. The very first question out of his mouth is, are you a Jew? Before I shake your hand. Are you Jewish? Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you Jewish? No. Oh. 
Yeah. Uh, he said he's not Jewish, and then the dude shakes his hand. Oh, thank you for your service. Sir. Oh, okay. Well, dude, your face is on that? video yeah. here. Oh, right on. Fuck the Jews. Fuck the Jews? All right. Are you Jewish? Florida is the most fucked up state. Proven time and time again. And with that, let's get into the crazy, bizarre twist. To the fucked up news! Right now! could sure use your help. If you enjoy Distorted View daily, please prove it. Support this stupidity by becoming a true and honorable freak over there at superfreaksideshow.com. That's our member site where every week I do brand new exclusive shows just for paying members, typically on Tuesday and Thursday. This week was no different. That means yesterday's episode was Sideshow exclusive. And it was a fun one. We covered that uh, Miranda Sings. uh, What's her name? Her real name is Colleen Bollinger or something like that. Uh, She did one of the worst YouTuber apology videos ever. It was hilarious. Many of you have probably already seen it. The bitch whipped out a ukulele. The the, the apology did not go well. Uh, If you want to hear that and much more, go to superfreaksideshow.com. Membership's very inexpensive, only $6.99 a month, even less when you opt for a quarterly, semi-annual, yearly, or lifetime membership. There are other ways to gain access, specifically if you use Spotify or Apple Podcasts to listen. You can now sign up right in those apps. Just a few taps, you're in. You'll see the exclusive shows right alongside uh, the free episodes. For more information on all the ways you can sign up, Go to distortedview.com and superfreaksideshow.com. One final way to help support the show, we've got a Patreon account, patreon.com slash distortedview. You can pledge as little as a dollar over there. Every little bit helps. And I need all the help I can get. I am very bad with money. I really feel like I need one of those uh, conservators. Is that what they're called? Like when you when you're placed in conservatorship. Does anyone want to just be in charge of my finances in my life? I just need someone responsible to make all my decisions. I make very poor decisions. I just spent $50 on a set of Elvira salt and pepper shakers. I mean, but if you saw the thing, you'd be like, "Oh, that's so cool." Because the salt and pepper shakers are her tits. That that's the co- the the cool thing about those salt and pepper shakers. So it was totally worth the fifty dollars. All right. Oh, real quick programming note. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the week, we've got the Fourth of July coming up on Tuesday. I'm heading up to Ashtabula this weekend. That means uh, I'm not going to do a show on Monday or Tuesday. I'm, t- I'm finally taking a little tiny long weekend vacation. That being said, I will post some best of shows, so you'll hear my voice introducing them. Because next week is going to be abbreviated, I'm still planning to do two Sideshow exclusive episodes for Paying Freaks. Uh, That means here on the free side, uh, we'll only be doing one brand new episode. So it's going to be a weird week next week. Just wanted to give you a heads up on that. All right. Three very quick stories now. First up. Oh, no. This one actually does hurt. Sue Johansson, beloved Canadian sex educator has died at the age of 93. Honestly, I was a little shocked she was still alive, but still, it's sad nonetheless. We played many clips from Sue Johansson over the years, specifically from her show Talk Sex with Sue. I mean, she was old back then when she was on TV, right? That's the whole reason why we played her, because it was fun. That old lady talking about dildos and scat play and stuff. Yes, the beloved Canadian broadcaster who in her golden years enraptured a generation with straightforward sex advice died at the age of 93. A representative confirmed to CBC News on Thursday. 
Johansson died in a long-term care home just north of Toronto, surrounded by her family. The broadcaster was best known for hosting the Canadian call-in radio and then television program Sunday Night Sex, which led to a successful U.S. spinoff called Talk Sex with Sue Johansson. Born in Toronto, Johansson began her career as a nurse. Then in the 70s, she opened a birth control clinic at a Toronto high school, which is a little weird. Quote, she never brushed people aside. She treated absolutely everyone the same. She was never judgmental, nor was she condescending or disapproving of any question that came her way. I think everybody felt they had another mother or another grandmother with Sue. Apparently, her radio show started in 1984, and then a television version began airing from 1996 to 2005. The U.S. spinoff, Talk Sex with Sue Johansson, began in 2002 and concluded in 2008. Jane Johansson, uh, who is Sue's daughter, said, My mom was amazing. She could be anywhere at any time, and people would recognize her voice. She offered callers advice on everything from how to use sex toys and ways to spice things up in the bedroom to navigating the taboos of the birds and the bees, always with her signature humor. It didn't matter who you were, what your sexual preference was, how you identified, what you might be dealing with in terms of the time and AIDS. Okay. Uh, Like she embraced everybody and who they were. And that just made me so proud. We are so proud of our dear Sue, my mom, Jane Johansson said. Very sad news indeed, but let's remember Sue in happier times trying to wrap her head around things like raw meat fetishes. And we have LeBaron. Hello, LeBaron. Hey, sir. Hello, you got a question. Uh, Yes, I do. Well, me and my boyfriend started off, and at first we was just like, had a fetish for like meat, and he was like cooking burgers and stuff, and I was wondering, is it safe to stick the meat inside of him? Okay. Because I like asked him what he thought about, and he was worried. Okay, now, wait a minute. Let me backtrack. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I'm going to need some more information here, just so I'm clear, regarding the meat. You want to insert meat, uh, raw meat or cooked? Raw meat or cooked? Um, well, we just ate cooked food off of each other. Yeah, into each other's rectum. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, at first it was because we was eating hamburgers, and I told him I was a 28-year-old man, and I can eat chicken sandwich if I wanted to, like, <laughs> you know, but I... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, I got this imagination. Yeah. Um, there, there's nothing you can get. Honestly, there's nothing you can get. If the meat is raw... <sighs> I was thinking of raw pork. The possibility of you getting... Uh, little worms. Raw pork can have little worms in it. I think that would be hot. Little worms squirming around my my anal cavity, stimulating my G spot. I mean, don't give LeBaron any more ideas, Sue. Christ. That's why you got to cook pork very well because it other then then you kill the worms. Isn't that nice? Aren't you glad I told you that? Um, so don't use raw pork. Yeah. But uh, a raw hamburger, no, should be fine. It, it sounds like LeBaron was talking more about cooked meat. Sue got it in her head, though, that uh, that he, he was talking about raw meat. Maybe that's what she was into. But even so, like, yeah, don't stick raw pork in your in your orifices. That makes sense. But I wouldn't even I wouldn't even suggest or condone the idea of raw ground beef that, you know, even though they don't have the little wormies. It's still raw and bloody and shit, right? 
What kind of sex advice is this? Well, okay. Uh, nothing bad's going to happen. What I'm having trouble with wrapping my brain around, what is the pleasure in using raw meat anally? I don't know. It's just a turn on. Like, for me it is. I just don't know. He's into, he was into me eating it off of him. Yeah, there, there's a big leap there, LeBaron. Eating food off of someone, that's that's kind of normal. I mean, meat is weird, but like, people pour hot chocolate and whipped cream and all sorts of stuff, right? That's eating off of someone. Shoving ground beef in your shithole, that's like a whole other thing going on, right? There, there, there's a different type of appeal. I remember one of the weirdest clips that I ever had, and I actually turned this into an animated GIF. Some of you may have this. Um, it was a video where a guy packed in a bunch of uh, like dog food, wet dog food. He packed it into this. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's like this it's device. It's like some sort of cooking device <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that has like a tube and then it has like a trigger and you, and you press it and it pushes the, that tube out or specifically the contents of the tube. And this guy shoved the tube in his ass, pulled the trigger and all of the dog food went in his uh, his asshole. It's a very similar thing. Get in touch with that guy, LeBaron. Sue is no help. But I don't know if he's into me staying in him. Like, like I said, he said that remark and it made me feel kind of weird. Yeah. Made me feel a little mushy-mushy, but... Okay. I just, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it'll be all right. I really do. And, and you're going to eat the meat afterwards or while it's in his rectum? Well, <clears throat> I don't know. Do you think I should use a condom for that? It's hard to tell if LeBaron was for real or not. He's got that Southern drawl that confuses me. It's like, oh, he could possibly be that dumb or it's a prank. Also, you know how weird some gays are, right? They're into some extreme stuff, right? Well, there you go. A little bit of Sue Johansson from her talk sex days. Rest in peace, Sue Johansson. All right. uh, Second story we have for you. A Minnesota man is behind bars following an unprovoked Skittles attack on restaurant patrons and employees. He was literally going to make people taste the rainbow. That slogan is not a suggestion. It's mandatory. You will taste the rainbow. Investigators say that Tristan Statina, 19, walked into an eatery on Friday afternoon and began throwing Skittles at employees and customers. You know he was filming this for TikTok. This has, it's just a prank, bro, written all over it, right? A woman identified as victim one was killed in the attack. She was pelted with so many Skittles, her little body couldn't take it. Now, a uh, woman identified as victim one in a court filing told police that she was hit in the back with a Skittle, which caused a stinging pain. You know, these people are just trying to figure out a way to turn this all into a lawsuit. I'm probably going to need therapy, physical and mental after all of this. Upon arriving at the restaurant, a cop noticed Skittles all over the ground, incriminating, and a bag of Skittles near the garbage. Victim one told the police that the suspect had a heart-shaped tattoo under his eye and another tattoo on the side of his face. I'm looking at the mugshot of this man. He doesn't even look like a man. I mean, he, he is a teenager. He's 19. These are some fucking horrible tattoos. But if you've got something so easily identifiable on yourself that, that people can describe you to police, why wouldn't you wear a mask? They're so fucking readily available. Now, ever since COVID-19, 
We all know where to get face masks. We all probably have a bunch of cloth ones lying around. At the very least, you could have just lifted your shirt up over your face so no one saw you. Obviously, he wanted, again, I think he was being filmed, but he had to have known this was coming, right? All right. Based on the description provided by the woman, uh, police knew the male to be Tristan Statina. <laughs> police have dealt with him before. Statina has twice been arrested by police in recent months. I wonder if the previous arrest had to do anything with uh, assault with deadly candy. And if so, what were the candies used in the last attacks? Were they Skittles? Was that his weapon of choice? Or was he like trying other ones out, like whipping Necco wafers at people's heads or chucking fun size Three Musketeers bars? You know, just seeing what works. After locating Statina at a nearby business, the teen allegedly pulled away and attempted to break free from officers, smart move, as they were trying to place him in handcuffs. Satina, who tried to trip one of the cops, ooh, what a little shit, was eventually subdued by three officers. He was charged with misdemeanor assault for the Skittles attack. He's also facing misdemeanor disorderly conduct in resisting police counts. Statina was arrested in May. <laughs> I don't know why this is funny. Statina was arrested in May for possession of LSD. Just a weird drug to be caught with in 2023, you know? He's chucking Skittles, talking to hot dogs. There's a lot going on with this guy. He also had uh, 27.92 grams of marijuana wax. While the probable cause document lists no permanent address for Statina, a previous court filing indicates that he resided in an apartment in Albert Lee, a city about 10 miles north of the Iowa border. So there you go. That's what's happening in Minnesota. And in quite possibly the dumbest news of the week, a minuscule handbag was sold for over $63,000 at an online auction Wednesday. How big was this handbag? Well, you're not going to be able to fit even like a stick of lipstick in there. It's totally and utterly useless. The handbag measures 657 by 222 by 700. Those seem like rather large numbers. Well, we're not talking inches or even centimeters. We're talking microns. It's less than 0.03 inch wide. I saw a photo of this thing and it like there's a camera zoomed in to a guy's finger. You can see all of his little like his, his fing fingerprints and the handbag rests literally in like the ridge of one of the fingerprint lines. That's how big it is. I mean, it is so incredibly tiny. There is not a doubt in my mind that the person who's buying this is going to lose it. Barely visible to the human eye, the fluorescent yellowish green bag is based on a popular Louis Vuitton design, though it's the work of a New York art collective uh, called Mischief, M-S-C-H-F. I feel like we've talked about them before, some of their stunts. It's called the microscopic handbag, and Mischief claims the bag is narrow enough to pass through the eye of a needle and is smaller than a grain of sea salt. The object was made using two photon uh, polymerization. Poly two. Let me, try, let me try that again. I'll get there. Two photon polymerization. You just have to say it fast and confidently. That's the key to pronouncing things or at least uh, having people believe you're pronouncing something correctly. It's a manufacturing technology used to 3D print micro-scale plastic parts. It was sold alongside a microscope, which you're going to need if you want to look at the handbag, uh, equipped with a digital display through which the bag can be viewed. A promotional photo shows the design in greater detail, revealing Louis Vuitton's signature LV monogram. The bag appears to be based on the French label's on-the-go tote. 
Now, the real version, the full-size version, the Louis Vuitton version of that bag retails between um, $3,000 and $4,000, substantially less than the $63,000 for the microscopic version, otherwise known as the useless version. Founded in 2016, Mischief has made headlines with its so-called drops, irreverent art projects that often poke fun at while profiting from consumer capitalism. The group was infamously sued by Nike over its Satan shoes. Oh, I remember that. I think we talked about it here on the show. It was a series of 666 nice pairs of modified Nike sneakers featuring satanic symbols and drops of real human blood. Religious people lost their fucking minds over that, if I remember correctly. The dispute was eventually settled out of court. In the auction listing, Mischief said, quote, Previous small leather handbags have still required a hand to carry them. That's a real problem. <laughs> Mischief fixed that. Uh, they become dysfunctional inconveniences to their wearer. The microscopic handbag takes this to its full logical conclusion. A practical object is boiled down into jewelry. All of its function evaporated. For luxury objects, usability is the angel's share. I don't know exactly what that statement means, but I get it. I get it. It's dumb. And you just took some asshole's $63,000. So, nice job, mischief. Uh, that, my friends, is your distorted news for Friday. Let's do a couple voicemails and get the hell out of here. All right, I love to hear from you guys, and there are many ways to contact the show. Of course, you can always email me, show at distortedview.com. That's great. That's good. You know, that's a good route you could go, I guess. But the real fun is calling into the show, 206-666-4463. People call in with their comments, queries, just, just shoot the shit with me. If you're Unicorn Hamster, you call in and just talk nonsense for two minutes and 57 seconds every fucking time. Use it and abuse it. 206-666-4463. This is your voicemail line. Now, remember, if you pledge at least $5 to our Patreon account, uh, you get access to a special voicemail line where, of course, I will play your calls first. Just a perk of being one of my buddies, part of the club. Uh, let's check in with a few freaks here. Hey, Jim, it's Pineapple. Uh, just a fun aside, I think the last time I called in, I was about 14 years old, a freshman in high school. Cool. I was grooming you. Hold on. Let me get my ukulele out here. I'm so sorry for talking to you. When I was 35 And you were 14 And I sent you dick pics And I sent you asshole pics Spreading my hole Telling you to dive in DM and dive in I'm so sorry it wasn't sexual Think of me like a, a crazy uncle Who just says wild things I'm a crazy uncle Who sends my dirty jock strap to you <laughs> Okay, maybe it's better that I stop that song By the way, that was pretty much Miranda Sings Apology Almost word for word. I mean, replace jockstrap with regular underwear, lady underwear. Same thing. I'm sorry. Go on with your call, sir. 
and I am 28 years old now. Ooh. Uh, well, now it would be okay to send you a jockstrap. Uh, but uh, so I was catching up with an old friend of mine the other day, and he has recently adopted the title Become Bandit hmm. uh, due to his uh, freakish escapades of going to public bathrooms <laughs> and feeling the urge to masturbate. Now, is your friend gay? That seems like a gay thing to do. To like, I, I want to be in a, I want to be in the men's restroom and smell all those. <laughs> Men's restroom smells while I jerk off. It doesn't just end there. He has to devise a way to make this as obtrusive (laughs) to other people as possible. Does he blow his load all over the seat? That's not cool. He devises ways that kind of force interactions with him to come after the fact. Oh, I see. Door handles, uh, you know, sinks. Toilet seat. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, it's it's abysmal to even yep. consider. So, guys, uh, you should always wash your hands <laughs> when you're when you use a public restroom. Like after, even after you wash your hands in the public restroom, go home and wash your hands again. Also, if uh, if it's possible, use your elbows to push the the restroom door open. Uh, we were, and also, Lord Douche taught me um, if you do have to like uh, use your hand or whatever, go go real high on the door. Right, because that's most people don't touch that area. Thinking about just like the worst ways you could do this. I hope you weren't brainstorming with him because now you're like an accomplice to to this whatever crime he's committing. You could do this, and uh, he had an idea of just jizzing on the back of like a door stall. So as you go in. You you know you close it behind you. People don't necessarily look at that before <laughs> right. sitting down. So as you're sitting down doing your business, your friend's a monster. You notice <laughs> you know, fucking the dripping of jizz on the wall, <laughs> and can only imagine what had transpired before going. I think most people could figure it out pretty easily. <laughs> to that stall. Um, so I guess my question to you. And to the other freaks who listen, is how would you uh, enact your your terrible jizz anarchy? Well, I mean, I think you're certainly on the right track here. I mean, if the goal, it sounds like the goal for him is he wants people to have to deal with the aftermath of his solo sexcapades. You, you want them to have to touch the cum. So, yeah, like doors, that's cool. I think it's funnier, though, to make them deal with the cum after they think they've already cleaned up. So they leave the stall. They wash their hands. Now picture this. They hit the button on the automatic uh, hand dryer thing, and there are just strands of gloopy jizz, like strings, hanging from the blower. So when the air you know, gets going, it looks like, uh, like little cum streamers flying in the wind. Those streamers, by the way, will turn into confetti because uh, the the air will be too powerful and it will launch the, the the strings of jizz, hopefully onto the person who's drying their hands. You see, that one's tricky to set up, but I, I think the payoff is worth it. It also helps if uh, your, your friend produces uh, very heavy loads, like a large quantity of cum. The thicker and stickier, the better. Uh, that would be my suggestion. Freaks, do you have any? Call into the voicemail line. 
The fans have spoken, and once again, Mead Skelton will deliver. Come hear your Uh favorite hits with Mead Live Old Song Reunion, April 2nd, 8th. A little little behind on the voicemails here. I did have a bit of a Mead update. I feel bad for him, honestly. I don't think his latest live performance did very well. There was only like three people in the audience. And you could just tell Mead was discouraged. First of all, it was like super hot outside and Mead was sweating like a pig. Like He was sweating right through his shirt. You could see his little titties. It obviously did not turn out well. And then uh, Mead gets on the apricity. Mead really has like two modes. Super vain and cocky. Or like, woe is me. Everyone hates me. I'm nothing. I'm a failure. And that's the Mead we got most recently on the apricity. And I didn't want to rub it in or anything. I mean, Mead's already feeling bad and honestly i didn't uh, watch the performance so i don't know if it was good or bad he started a thread on the apricity uh i'm a very boring musician no one likes my music and i don't blame them i am very terrible at what i do Mead knows i'm a huge fan of some of his music it's just not the music he likes to play you know i like the uh, the more edgy stuff coming from me not the yankee doodle dandy music so i just think Mead needs to hone in on um, what people want. The raw material, though, is there, I feel. All right, uh, one more call here. Yes, caller. Go right ahead. Oh, boy. (laughs) Maybe we'll do one more call after this. You know, I bring this shit on myself because a lot of times I'll say use and abuse the voicemail line. And they do. What up, faggot? See? Yo, it's (laughs) April 3rd. Been listening to the show for a couple of years now. Got my boyfriend into it. He'd say hey, but his voice is really torn up after deep throat my dick. Mm. Uh, Just wanted to say fuck you, kill yourself, and keep doing the show. (laughs) Love you. All right. See you, faggot. See, Mead? See what I have to deal with? I actually have fans, and this is how they treat me. You're better off without them. You just keep doing what you're doing to audiences of zero. You know, your Kentucky Fried Country, or what the hell you call it, Coffeehouse Country. You know, you know, save yourself the aggravation. See how the people talk to me, calling me faggot, telling me to kill myself? I've got the best fans in the world. Ting! All right, uh, that is all the time we have on this edition of the program. I want you guys to email me, show at distortedview.com. Distortedview.com is our official website. Voicemail line for you, 206-666-4463. That's 206-666. Oh, God, it's an oh, God. I'm cool with the subtle scent and the muskiness of a clean and fresh vagina. Spread the distortion. STD, tell all your friends about the show. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or like wherever you can rate and review podcasts. I'll be back to introduce some best of shows before the 4th of July holiday. So you'll you'll hear from me again. Guys, thank you so much for a great week of programs. We'll see you back next week. Bye, This has been another excellent podcast from the Scribe Media Group. Learn more at scribe.net.